we've all experienced this at some point in our lives, but you know, you wake up one morning with a lot of clarity and determination. You say to yourself, this is it. I'm going to start my fitness journey. I'm sticking to it. I'm tired of feeling this way. And you feel an exhilarating rush of motivation. The first few days, maybe even weeks are amazing. But then gradually as time goes on, you're not as enthusiastic as you once were. You're not as motivated. And eventually you'll just start finding excuses. Why does this happen to so many of us? Hello and welcome to Embracing Abundance. I'm your host, Peyton Clark, and I truly believe that each one of us, especially you, holds the potential for abundant living. Together, we'll dive into physical health, nutrition, mental wellness, spiritual growth, and financial wisdom. I'm devoted to unpacking the knowledge behind these areas, giving you tangible takeaways for everyday life. Each episode draws you closer to understanding how to live a life full of abundance. So whether you're sipping on your morning coffee, on a long drive, or winding down for the day, let's journey towards unlocking your fullest potential. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to another episode of Embracing Abundance. I'm so, so glad that you're here with me today, and I'm very excited to dive into this episode. But before I do, I want to take a little bit of time and let you guys in on what my experience was with my fitness about six or seven years ago, um, because I, I feel like a lot of you guys would relate or do relate or maybe experience this in the past. So I kind of want to just share with you guys what I went through. About six or seven years ago, I didn't really know what I was doing. I had a very bad relationship with my body, very bad relationship with food as well as exercise. I viewed exercise as a punishment for like if I overindulged in my food. So what would happen is, you know, I would restrict my food. I would only eat like rice and chicken. I would cut out all of my, I would cut out bread. I think I, I remember one time I did like a 28 day no carb challenge and that was just very unhealthy. And so I combined that with a lot of running on the treadmill. I remember just like walking downstairs to my basement when I was younger and forcing myself to get on the treadmill, even though I hated literally every single second of it. I remember watching the clock. It was horrible. And after that, I would then follow it up with, you know, like Pinterest board workouts. I would do little body weight arm circles, or I would do like, I would put a band around my legs and do little booty building exercises or what I thought was booty building exercises. And I would spend like an hour doing that. So all in all, it was like an hour and a half and I hated it. Or another thing I would do is I would go lock myself in my bedroom and I would do like Blogilates YouTube videos. And just, I never ever saw long-term results. I was still stuck feeling unhappy in my body. I was still stuck having a horrible relationship uh, with food and with exercise. It was a chore to me. It was never something that I I loved. And I did grow up like in an active family. I played volleyball for a while. So I like knew what it meant to work out. I just didn't love it. And I didn't really know like exactly how to do it for my body. And I was never really taught that. Um, So yeah, I was kind of just stuck in a cycle where I would lose a little bit of weight because I was running for hours and doing, you know, horrible workouts and restricting my food. But then when I couldn't keep up with that, I would just go back to my normal eating patterns. I would give up. I would start over again on Monday. You know, the the classic cycle, like I'll start over again on Monday cycle, that was me. And that's what kind of got me into what I'm doing now. I dove into like 
the science behind fitness, the science behind health, different topics. I got certified in 2019. And ever since diving into the health and wellness space, you know, now that was like about four years ago, I've come pretty close to creating and knowing the perfect routine for myself. And as a lot of you guys already know, like I also own an online fitness and health coaching company too. So creating fitness routines is something that I absolutely love doing now. And it's really cool to see me go from like where I started to where I am now. But yeah, I love helping people create fitness programs and create a routine that works for themselves. So this is really, this episode is my jam. I'm very excited to dive in. So today we're going to be talking about something that I really do think is essential for every single woman listening here right now. I just want to start by saying that fitness is more than just changing the way that you look. It really is a total body experience. It it impacts our mental health, our emotional health, and our physical health. And as women, we play multiple different roles every single day from caregivers to professionals to friends to leaders. And it just becomes really, really easy to neglect our own health and wellness when we're trying to balance all of these different roles. We just kind of let our own needs go as we're serving the needs of other people. And some may argue, you know, I've tried working out before, it doesn't stick, or I don't have the time or energy to put towards working out. But today's episode is going to address those comments and we're going to kind of uncover the reasons behind the ebbs and flows of our fitness motivation. So we'll shed some light on the unique health and emotional challenges that we as women face and most importantly guide you toward crafting a fitness routine that aligns with your individual lifestyle, your values, and your goals. So while looking good in the mirror is definitely a bonus, we also want to make sure that our fitness routine makes us feel good and gives us confidence and empowerment for our everyday routines. Let's dive into the foundation of crafting a fitness routine, which is the psychology of goal setting. So understanding this can be a game changer in actually sticking with your routine and achieving consistency, especially on those days when you don't really have motivation or where motivation seems low. We've all experienced this at some point in our lives, but you know, you wake up one morning with a lot of clarity and determination. You say to yourself, this is it. I'm going to start my fitness journey. I'm sticking to it. I'm tired of feeling this way. And you feel an exhilarating rush of motivation. You go buy new workout gear, you subscribe to a fitness channel, or you join a local gym. The first few days, maybe even weeks, are amazing. You're feeling accomplished. You're feeling sore. You're feeling pretty good. But then gradually, as time goes on, you're not as enthusiastic as you once were. You're not as motivated. The early morning jobs become harder to commit to. The gym sessions become more sporadic. And eventually you'll just start finding excuses. You know, oh, it's oh, it's raining today. Like I, I can't go running or I had a long day at work. I don't have the energy. I'll do it tomorrow or the classic, I'll start fresh on Monday. So why does this happen to so many of us? One of the main reasons is our approach towards goal setting. Often our goals are either too vague, like I just want to get fit, or they're driven by external factors, maybe like a looming social event or the desire to fit into an old dress. Maybe your wedding's coming up, your high school reunion's coming up. All those kinds of things are external factors. And while these reasons might provide a temporary spark, they rarely offer the lasting fuel needed for a sustained commitment and a true transformation. What's missing is a deeper connection between our fitness goals and our intrinsic motivations, the things that truly matter to us on a personal and emotional level. Instead of focusing solely on external results, like losing weight or building muscle, it's crucial to align our fitness journey with what 
genuinely resonates with our inner desires and values. For example, perhaps your real motivation isn't just weight loss, but to be healthier and to be more active so that you can play with your kids without getting tired or to manage your stress and your mental well-being. Recognizing and aligning with these deeper motivations can be the difference between a fleeting fitness spree or a lifelong commitment to health. Let's reflect on something that's become a staple in the world of goal setting, and that is SMART goals. I'm sure you've heard of it, and maybe you think that it's overrated, it's overused, or it's just like a repeated message, but Many people still don't fully apply it in their lives or just might not understand its real depth and value. So let's break it down. S is for specific. So instead of saying, I want to get fit, which is pretty vague, hone in on what fit actually means to you. Does it mean being able to run a 5K without stopping or being able to do 20 push-ups in a row or to be able to do a pull-up? Being specific helps you pinpoint exactly what you're working towards. M is for measurable. So you want to make sure that you can track your progress. By setting measurable goals, you have tangible evidence that you're making progress. And this can be very motivating as you go on and maybe you do feel like you're starting to lose steam. You can look back at all the progress that you're making, all the measurable progress that you're making and know that it's working. And also you can make adjustments to your plan if needed, if things may not be working as well as they could be. An example of a measurable goal would be, I want to be able to hold a plank for three minutes by the end of the month. We know how many minutes that you want to hold the plank for. And so then as we go on through the month, we can start to track how long you're holding your planks for and see if you're making progress. A is for achievable. So you want to set yourself up for success by setting realistic goals. And I cannot stress this enough. This is why a lot of people fail in their fitness journey because they don't have achievable, realistic goals. They just think that they can go balls to the wall seven days a week, two hours in the gym, and that that's something that they can do. And so they try it. They can't do it because it's not really realistic, especially if you have like a job or you have other responsibilities, you have kids, you have these social events, like fitting in 14 hours at the gym is just very crazy to strive for. Some people can do it, but it's not very realistic. But nine times out of 10, they can't stick with it. So they fail. They don't keep up to the promises they make to themselves. They get discouraged. They start to have a lack of confidence because they couldn't follow through with what they wanted to follow through with. And this just puts you in a really bad position because now you feel like you failed, but really you just didn't have realistic goals. You didn't have something that was achievable for you to hit. So instead, you want to start with smaller milestones and then gradually challenge yourself more as you continue to progress. So let's say you're just starting out and you think that aiming to work out 20 times a month is good, but that might be unrealistic. So instead, you want to aim for eight to 10 times a month. But as you start to build that habit and you start to build that consistency in the eight to 10 times a month, then you can start to increase the amount of times that you're going to the gym. R is for relevant, and this kind of ties back to our earlier discussion on deeper motivations, but you want to ensure that your goals align with your values and your long-term objectives. If your goal is to improve your cardiovascular health, then maybe training for a race is more relevant than focusing solely on weightlifting and vice versa. T is for time-bound, so by setting a deadline, you create a sense of urgency. It's not about pressuring yourself to get this goal in a certain amount of time, but it's about giving yourself a clear time frame to work with so that when you get to the end of the time frame, you can sit, reflect, and reassess. 
For example, I want to be able to jog for 30 minutes without stopping by the end of the next two months. Now we have a pretty good idea of the time frame that you want to hit this goal by. Now that we've defined what these look like, let's chat about why SMART goals are so crucial. And I'm going to paint a little scenario for you. So imagine trying to build a piece of furniture without a clear manual. You might have all the tools and pieces, but without clear step-by-step instructions, you're likely to get lost. You're likely to get frustrated. And similarly, SMART goals act as your roadmap in the fitness journey, helping you navigate these challenges, celebrate milestones, and ultimately just stay on track with your long-term goals. Now, even if we have the best goals in the world, we did all the SMART goals, we have all of them written down. If we're not motivated to chase them, then those goals aren't really going to do us much good. So let's talk about what drives us. Um, And in fitness, there are two primary types of motivation. There's intrinsic and there's extrinsic. When it comes to the push that gets us to actually lace up our tennis shoes and to hit the gym, one of the first motivators that we often lean on is extrinsic motivation. It's the force that comes from outside of us. So for example, training for a marathon just to get that medal at the end of the race or enduring those you know, grueling gym sessions before a beach vacation so that you can look good in a bikini, so you can snap those perfect photos or something even simpler. All of the times that, you know, the monthly gym membership fee was the only reason that you actually made it to the gym. It's driven by those tangible rewards or penalties. And it can be a very compelling force. But the challenge with extrinsic motivations is that they can be very short-lived because once the goal is achieved or the reward is secured, the driving force might start to disappear and then you're left without that motivation to rely on. Now, on the other side of the motivation spectrum lies a more internal and personal force, which is intrinsic motivation. And it's the joy that comes from within. Remember how you feel after an amazing workout and you know that you weren't even trying to impress anyone. You just felt like you had a great workout or those early morning jogs that you took just to feel the nice breeze against your face or the yoga sessions that mentally grounded you and made you feel really at peace. That's the beauty of intrinsic motivation. You are driven by the process, the journey, and the personal satisfaction that it brings. And when the journey itself becomes rewarding, you're more likely to stick to it and not seek excuses. Neither type of motivation is inherently better than the other. They both have their place in our fitness journeys. Extrinsic motivation might kickstart your fitness journey, get you out of a rut, or push you towards a specific short-term goal. But for the long haul, To stay committed, tapping into your intrinsic motivation can be the game changer. You have to recognize and harness these forces effectively. And remember that the most effective fitness routine is the one that you can commit to long term. Let's jump into the roadblocks that we may face in our fitness journey so that we can understand them and that we can prepare for them. Physical challenges can often be those silent obstacles. You don't really know when they're about to trip you up until they do get you. And one primary culprit is overexertion. You start a new routine and because you're excited and you're motivated, you push your body a little bit harder than you should, but doing so can put you at risk of injuries like sprains or muscle tears. And this overenthusiasm can sometimes stem from not understanding our body's limits. Another challenge arises from improper techniques. An incorrect posture while lifting or the wrong foot alignment while running might not hurt you initially. However, these mistakes can gradually grow into bigger issues. So you really need to do the best that you can in making sure that you're executing these movements correctly. 
Lack of rest and recovery can be another significant roadblock. Exercising, especially at high intensities, breaks down muscle fibers. And without the proper rest, these muscles can't recover, which leads to consistent fatigue and potential injuries. And I can do a whole nother episode on rest and recovery and why it's important. It's a lot to kind of dive into right now, but just know that your body needs rest if it wants to grow and if you do want to achieve those long-term goals and to stay consistent over time and to stay healthy. And then there's plateauing, which is that discouraging phase where despite all your hard efforts, you just don't really see the results no matter what you're doing. It definitely sucks and it's a big reason why many people give up on their fitness dreams. These physical challenges are very real, but let's go even deeper and talk about the mental challenges. Perfectionism is a big one. It's something that I used to struggle with. It's something that I know a lot of women that I talk to on a regular basis still struggle with. It's easy to fall into the trap of seeking that perfect body or the perfect routine, but this search for perfection can set unrealistic expectations and pretty much always lead to disappointment because we can never be perfect. So if you're always chasing perfection, and you're only happy with perfection, then you're almost always going to get disappointed. Then there's this fear of judgment, especially for newbies. The gym can be a very intimidating place. The weight section is filled with grunting bodybuilders or the the cardio machines are occupied by the super fit cardio bunnies, the ones that look perfect. And it can really make you feel out of place. But it's really crucial to remember that everybody started somewhere that you do belong there just as much as anyone else. And these thoughts and beliefs that you are creating in your head, that's not real. And you really just have to take that first tiny little step in, in, in the gym to get those thoughts out of your head. Another mental roadblock is a lack of self-belief. It is so common to doubt yourself. Nine out of 10 women that I hop on calls with have doubts in themselves and question can I really do this? Am I actually cut out for this? But these questions can really hinder your progress and hold you back. This also ties in with another barrier, which is just setting unrealistic expectations. Fitness isn't about quick fixes. It's a long game and results take time. If you're setting expectations like promising to never eat pizza or chocolate again or miss out on social events because of the food, then sure, it's going to be normal to doubt that you'll be able to do that because that's completely unrealistic. But if you set sustainable, realistic, achievable expectations for your life and for your journey, as you slowly start to accomplish things, that self-doubt will start to fade away. We've talked about the importance of setting clear, achievable goals and the inevitable roadblocks that we might face on our fitness journey. Now let's tackle how to craft a fitness routine that genuinely fits into our lives, resonates with our core values, and remains sustainable in the long run. The world of fitness is filled with cookie cutter routines and one size fits all solutions. And while fitness influencers might rave about a particular routine, it's essential to remember that our bodies our lifestyles and our goals are all different. An athlete training for a marathon has a different set of requirements than someone looking to gain muscle or a mother trying to regain her pre-pregnancy fitness. Not all fitness routines are made equal. What works for one person might not work for another because of the unique smart goals and intrinsic and extrinsic motivations and potential roadblocks. Everything goes together to create a unique routine. So it's essential to tailor your routine to your unique circumstances, your preferences, and your goals. Personal factors also play an influential role. Our metabolism rates, any existing health conditions, or even our daily schedules can really just 
influence what regimen suits us best. Personal factors also play an influential role, our metabolism rates, any existing health conditions, our work schedules can significantly influence what regimen suits us best. I'm gonna give you guys a framework to follow for developing a personalized fitness plan. The first step is introspection. Before you even step onto the treadmill or lift a weight, sit down and think. Why are you starting this fitness journey? Is it to lose weight, build muscle, increase stamina, simply stay active, or is it something a little bit deeper? Do you want to set yourself up for the future? Make sure that your health is all good. Avoid avoid any health problems in the future. Play with your kids. Have a better relationship with your husband. Influence your work status. Why are you actually starting this journey? And then create those SMART goals. Number two, evaluate your starting point. This is more than just a number on the scale though, or your body measurements. You also have to understand your body's strengths and weaknesses, if there's any health concerns that you should be aware of. And this is where a fitness assessment can really come in handy. You can go consult a doctor, a trainer, do a full body scan, just have some sort of data and information to go off of. And number three is gonna be designing your routine. Now this step is gonna be a little bit longer just because this is where you're actually designing your routine, like the fitness, like the workouts, the fitness routine. When you're doing this, you really have to emphasize those SMART goals. What is it you really want to achieve? If stamina is what you're after, then cardiovascular exercises might take priority while weight training can be more of a secondary component. Or if you're wanting to sculpt your body, lose some fat, build some muscle, build a booty, weight training would be the priority and then cardio might not be as important. So it's just remember, it's not about what everyone else is doing. It's about what you need based on the SMART goals that you set. Typically, a well-rounded fitness routine involves some type of strength training, cardiovascular work, and flexibility exercises. So you want to use strength training to build some muscle to increase your metabolism and also improve your bone density. You want to use cardiovascular work to enhance your heart health. And this also just can be used as a tool to help you burn calories. And then flexibility can help you reduce your risk of injuries and improve your overall mobility. So a good mix of that based on your SMART goals is a great start to having a solid workout program. Now let's chat a little bit about progressive overload. If you've never heard the term before, I'm going to break it down for you really simple. But one of the primary principles of training is going to be progressive overload. So this just means gradually increasing the weight, the intensity or the duration of the exercises to continue to make gains as time goes on. You want to challenge yourself a little bit more each
Thank you for joining me today on Embracing Abundance. It's been a joy sharing this space and journey with you. And if today's episode resonated with you, I'd be so grateful if you could take a moment to leave a review, share it on social media, or with someone you think would benefit from it. For more insights, daily inspiration, and just more about my life, connect with me over on Instagram at Trainer Payton. Stay inspired, stay abundant, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.